These reflections um, are shared on the 10th anniversary of our rector, the Reverend Jarrett Kerbel. And they come at a good time because we are in our gospel reflecting on authority and what it is to follow Jesus, the true authority. And so I thank you for these reflections and for helping us to celebrate with Jarrett his 10th anniversary. Jarrett opened his first vestry meeting with the Oscar Romero poem, The Long View. So it's fitting today that we step back and take a long view. What are, as the poem says, some of the seeds we have planted together? As a parish working with him, we created new structures that have allowed us to see ourselves, our mission, and what we aspire to. This has guided what we have done together over these past years and steadied and strengthened us on our way. He has led us to offer warmer welcome and greater hospitality, to nurture leadership and to be careful stewards. He has guided us in deepening our spiritual lives. A beloved community is now a vision within our hearts. From the first uncertain days in that winter, with very little staff, heating problems, flooding, and an ongoing recession, he practiced his faith and continued to trust in the overwhelming generosity of God. With grit and compassion, stubbornness and humor, who can forget stewardship the musical? <laughs> With caring and joyfulness, he has shepherded us through sickness and death, fear and happiness through clouds of unknowing and bright dawns of revelation. He has with love walked the way with us. When the search committee asked, what will the church be like with him 10 years from now? We were filled with hope and faith in what he could do. No one quite foresaw a pandemic or even the possibility of virtual church. We were drawn to his passion for reaching out in love to others, for relationship building, and for ministry to all. He is led by and has led us all with one idea, God's generosity. Each Eucharist celebrates that once again. Thank you, Jared, for these years of sharing your priestly vocation with us. It is a wonderful thing, a great blessing indeed, to have a church and faith community to help anchor and nourish one's life in Christ that we have these things available to us at St. Martin's is due in no small part to Jarrett's rectorship. I have been a parishioner here since 2014, 
not very long compared to many others, but enough to give me a keen appreciation of some of Jarrett's multiple gifts. The first of those gifts that I'd like to say a few words about is his gift for administration. A church of this size and, I will say, complexity does not just happen. It requires multiple ingredients to succeed. One of those is a rector who can keep in mind the big picture, that is, our core and aspirational values, while at the same time keeping track of the myriad of details about budgets, committees, and the various tasks required to keep the heat on and the buildings in a reasonable state of repair. As a member of the vestry, I can assure you that Jarrett is an outstanding administrator in this regard. He is on top of everything. He does this, and he does this with real humility, always open to criticism and a different perspective. But that alone would not be enough to make Jarrett the very successful rector that he is. He also brings real aspirational vision, frequently challenging himself and the congregation to become more Christ-like as individuals and as a community. He leads without dominating. Another of Jared's gifts that I want to highlight is his preaching. There are many different styles of good preaching and we are blessed at St. Martin's to be exposed to a good variety from our clergy staff and from the occasional guests. But Jared's preaching has always been especially compelling for me. He manages to combine intellectual awareness with spiritual depth. Even when I don't agree with or have a question about some <laughs> theological, social, or political view expressed in a sermon of his, and that does happen occasionally, I have never doubted that I'm listening to someone deeply rooted in the faith and in scripture. The sermon is never really about Jarrett and his views. He is always pointing beyond himself to our shared life in Christ. And finally, I want to say something about Jarrett up close and personal, so to speak. I have not had a great deal of one-on-one -on -one time with Jarrett in my time here, but I do recall an occasion a few years back when I strongly disagreed with something he said in a sermon, so much so that I arranged for a meeting with him. It was about politics and I was upset. We spent an hour together in his office. I don't think I convinced him of my point of view at that time, but he listened to me with genuine respect and an open mind. And in that way, I was affirmed and supported. As a bonus, I came away with a better appreciation for the burden of leadership that a rector carries. Lest I paint too somber a picture, I love that Jared smiles readily, laughs genuinely, enjoys a good joke, and knows a lot more than I do about popular culture. <laughs> uh, we are so blessed to have someone of Jared's depth, commitment, and ability as our rector. His job is not an easy one. He sometimes has to make hard and perhaps even lonely decisions. And although I have not said much about his pastoral work, 
I know that he carries the joys and sorrows of a great many of us in his heart and his prayers. I thank God for his rectorship and pray that he continues to be given the strength and wisdom needed to lead St. Martin's. Good morning. Good morning. Ten years ago, yes, ten, Mary Hopkins, excuse me, <clears throat> ten years ago, Mary Hopkins, my dear friend and Stephen Minister, told me Jarrett Kerbel was going to be my priest. I don't think I fully got what she was saying at the time, but as time has gone on, I'm understanding. Over the past decade, Jarrett, as the rector at St. Martin's, has clearly been leading us in our mission, core values, and our aspirational values. He leads us in the staff and liturgy, music, and prayer, equips us for ministry, and teaches us to engage as agents of Christ's love in the world. Jarrett has also been leading us in our community engagement and social justice agendas. We see him at the rallies. He leads us at baptisms, confirmations, weddings, funerals, and every week at communion whether we are at church or in our homes during COVID. These are what I call the big things. I, however, would like to talk about the small things Jarrett does for us. The small things and times that lead us to God. Jarrett's here for what I call the small times, and he does this naturally while we least expect it. Meeting us wherever we are, and when we need it most. The small times are those less ceremonious moments that are so personal or fleeting that we don't necessarily talk about them with each other. They're a knowing glance or smile, a quick congratulation, a concern or prayer or talk while we are going through a hard time, a talk about a sick relative or friend, a talk about a calling or a spiritual idea that is hard to articulate, or a talk about nothing at all. We know that the pastor is there for the big moments, like Christmas and Easter, but for me, being there for the small times is special. At these times, I'm especially aware that Jarrett loves us and feels us. Meeting with us where we are during the small times is a gift, and I've seen how it's done with adults and the youth here at St. Martin's. Seeing Jarrett with the adults is easy. He greets us before and after church. He greets us at supper. He engages with us on a comment or a cool hat or a fact he thinks we'd find interesting. This is inherent in Jarrett's soul. Meeting the youth, though, is harder. They often hide. <laughs> they always hide <laughs> and don't like to show up. However, I've witnessed Jarrett with them on the past three youth pilgrimages to South Dakota and Guatemala. I've watched how Jarrett does this. He talks to kids like they have something to say. He values their input and learns about them. He has fun with them. But when something serious is provoked, Jarrett swoops in and captures the moment with them. 
He catches them at the small times and gives them room to explore their spirits and the room to come back to him and the church when serious things arise. For example, my son Joe was on one of the South Dakota trips. During that time, Joe and he got to know each other while they were hiking, eating s'mores and drying dishes after dinner, <laughs> simply being present together. They shared the small stuff and got to know each other. Joe got to know Jared independently and learned to trust him. So, a couple years later, when Joe left for college, when he encountered a problem with tinnitus, ringing in the ear, I learned, that he didn't think his parents could help him with, other than provide the copay, <laughs> Joe turned to his priest, Jarrett, and Jarrett helped him through. Now, Joe still suffers from tinnitus from time to time, and Jarrett didn't miraculously heal him like Jesus would have. <laughs> but Joe knew he had someone besides his family who would support him. Jarrett cared for Joe and helped him heal. Our lives are not always easy, but when you know there's someone just waiting to care for you and love you, wherever you are in your relationship with God, our lives are easier. Mary Hopkins was right. Jarrett is my priest. He's Joe's priest, and I believe he's your priest too, in all the big ways and small ways. So thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, my name is Gary Glazer. In my life, few things were as momentous as deciding at the age of 70 to leave Judaism and embrace Christianity. It is something that I had seriously considered for well over 30 years, but the final decision was crystallized and solidified by my experiences with Jared. Through his repeated messages of love, inclusion, compassion, self-respect, and humility, candor, and truthfulness, I was immediately drawn to the sharp contrast between what I was hearing from certain political figures and the spiritual values which were important to me. Moreover, Jarrett's willingness to allow me to serve as an acolyte before my baptism, to receive blessings at the altar, and to assimilate at my own pace into the Episcopal Church even after I carried the cross in a processional with the wrong side facing forward, <laughs> allow, allowed me to proceed on my journey of faith with intense vigor and a very strong commitment. Lastly, and probably most important to me, is Jared's willingness to speak truth to power specifically and directly, and that merely solidified my belief that the Episcopal Church was where I was meant to be. A week or so before my baptism, I was feeling the weight of my decision, not doubt, but weight. I ran into Jared at the church, and he asked me if I wanted to talk. 
I expressed to him my sense that I was, I felt like I was shedding my old skin and being reborn. His listening without judgment and with encouragement and kindness provided the bridge that I needed to embrace Christ. I have never looked back over that bridge. Thank you, Jared. Good morning. My, my name is Barbara Dundon. Today, our gospel invites us to reflect on Jesus' leadership and his authority, a message that also coincides with the Reverend Jared Kerbel's 10th anniversary as our rector of the Church of St. Martin in the Fields. So today, we are offering our reflections on Jared's leadership in shaping the mission of our community over the last 10 years, grounded in the authority and grace of Christ. <clears throat> it's a Wednesday night in November 2011. Members of the Vestry and Discernment Committee are seated here in the choir stalls. We've made a decision. I call Jared on his cell phone. Turns out he's in Kansas City attending a conference sponsored by PICO, People Improving Communities Through Organizing, developer of the model on which our own power is based. The conversation goes like this. Jared, we're calling to say we'd like you to be our rector. Jared, really? <laughs> what? You're kidding. The conversation goes on like this for a while. Finally, he stops and says, wait, have I said yes yet? First impressions convey a lot. Jared's quick wit and sense of humor were on display in that phone call. But in retrospect, I see it revealed much more. When we spoke with him, he was attending a conference on community organizing, a way of building the body of Christ that has become a hallmark of his time with us. Soon after he arrived, he led us in conducting one-on-one -on -one conversations with each other and with members of the community, building relationships between people and faith communities has been fundamental to his ministry with us. To me, that phone call also conveyed a way of being, an openness, an authenticity. You know where you stand with Jarrett. He's real. That's why his ministry with youth in our parish has been so successful. Kids, teenagers in particular, see behind facades. In one of our first meetings with candidate Jarrett, we asked him if he had a favorite Bible passage, a guiding star, if you will. I do, he told us. Philippians 2, 6 to 8. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, born in human likeness a servant who shows up at the hospital in the middle of the night 
to comfort a parishioner awaiting emergency surgery, who joins other clergy in a protest against illegal gun purchases, who consistently speaks up on behalf of the least of these. Self-emptying, humility. Humor and humility have the same root, humus, ground, or earth. To be humble is to remember what you're made of. This is our rector, Jared Kerbel. How fortunate we are that he answered that call 10 years ago. Good morning. My name is Nikki Wood. Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. A somewhat familiar quote that most of us know. A mandate from Jesus which suggests following him could result in the outcome of making one fishers of people. In these times of self-actualization, self-determination and self-direction, following anyone seems out of sync with current thinking. It might also not be the best strategy to motivate a church to move forward. Perhaps a more directive approach that goes like this, fish for people might receive greater attention. When I reflect on Jarrett's tenure here at St. Martin in the Fields Church, this acute brevity, this succinct goal-oriented aspiration seems in so many ways to characterize his time with us. The finer details, the instructions, and the procedures will follow. But for now, let us agree that we will fish for people. Look for yourself and you will find your lead, knowing that his example does not mean that we have to equal it. He has and is modeling a way to be Christian in this world of many confusing choices. A model is a good thing. Sometimes stumbling, sometimes needing to change course, but always with an eye on the goal, people. Jared has provided for us an example of one way to work toward helping make a better world for the many rather than the few. I believe that the Jesus we adore did just that. Armed with only the simple explanation, because it's sinful not to do so. Racism, poverty, injustice, sexual oppression, all sinful. Perhaps this line from the country's most recent superstar, Amanda Gorman, she, the young poet who graced the inauguration of President Biden, 
is a suitable way to end this reflection. We lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. Amen.